Why are Punjab and Haryana farmers protesting against the central government in defiance of the pandemic restrictions ever since the parliament's monsoon session began on 14 September? And why did Harsimrat Kaur Badal, the Union Minister for Food Processing and the leader of the BJP's long-time ally, Shiromani Akali Dal, resign recently? Well, in the centre of both these acts are three new bills on agricultural reforms that were recently passed in the Lok Sabha. They will now be tabled in the Rajya Sabha and will become laws if they are passed by the upper house as well. Now, the bills are believed to be aimed at easing the marketing of agricultural produce, but as agricultural marketing comes under the ambit of the state, this move by the centre is being seen as an affront to the federal structure. But the Modi government believes that these bills are a big step towards liberalising the agricultural sector by deregulating the market, by allowing free trade, increasing buyers, basically laying down the groundwork for a competitive market. But while some farmers welcome the deregulations, other farmers fear that if these bills get passed, it will not only invite big corporates to dominate the market, but it will also do away with the minimum support price or the MSP. So what exactly do each of these agricultural reforms aim to do for the agricultural market? And what are farmers of Punjab and Haryana protesting against? In this podcast, you'll hear from Vivian Fernandez, a senior journalist who runs an agro-focused website called Smart Indian Agriculture, and agricultural expert Devinder Sharma. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Shorbury. So to get to the bills straight away, the first bill is the Farmers' Empowerment and Protection Agreement on Price Assurance and Farm Services Bill. Under this ordinance, the farmer broadly signs a contract to sell the crops on the basis of the parameters set by his crop standards. This creates a framework for contract farming through an agreement between a farmer and a buyer prior to the planting season. And it's believed that this may reduce the risks that farmers face. However, we don't know the mechanism on how the prices will be fixed yet. The second bill is the Farmers' Produce Trade and Commerce Bill. Among all the bills tabled, there's especially a lot more protests about this bill than the others. So this ordinance is aimed at assisting the farmer sell his finished crops to any merchant anywhere. There'll be no interstate regulations. And as explained by the PRS Legislative Research, Agricultural markets in India are mainly regulated by State Agricultural Produce Marketing Committee or APMC laws. And they were set up with the objective of ensuring free trade between buyers and sellers for effective price discovery for farmers' produce. So currently, APMCs can regulate the trade of farmers' produce by providing licenses to buyers, commission agents and private markets levy market fees or any other charges on such trade and provide necessary infrastructure within their markets to facilitate trade. But as per what's being proposed in the bill, the farmers will have no compulsion to sell their produce in the APMC mandis of their own specific areas and the state governments also will not be allowed to collect market fees, cess or levy for trade outside the APMC markets. Now, the proposal itself doesn't suggest a repealing of APMC system but proposes a regulation of sorts and all this is basically in line with what the Modi government has been projecting as one nation, one market. But will it expose farmers to more buyers? Mr. Vivian Fernandez explains that while it will inject some competition in the market, 
the apmc system should not be neglected because this is the place where the farmers can sell their produce as a last resort so you know this will encourage private people uh, to buy directly from farmers i am not saying that that is going to happen hmm. because it is not very easy uh, to procure small quantities from hundreds of um, uh, farmers right. so they might think that the rpr the commission agents they are merely fleecing the fleecing uh, the farmers but that's not the case they also render a very useful service uh see the farmers also have very are, are uh, intimately tied to the commission agents mm. because the rpr also provide them um, a loan which banks banks may not give them what they might um, you know supply them uh, inputs like pesticides or fertilizer mm. on credit mm. which the farmers then um, retail at the time of um, uh, you know harvest mm. of course what happens in this phase is that the farmers because they have not free to borrow because they borrow from the commission agent mm. they are also not free to sell so you know it's very important for us to um, uh, ensure that the credit market and product market are separated that does not happen because the farmers cannot get loans from the organized sector so because they borrow from the commission agent the commission agent also force them to sell soon after harvest when prices are low so you know in a way the better of farmers might now be able to sell to um, uh, sell outside the mandi at a better price hmm. that is an option and i you know think that we require competition the rpr commission agent require competition hmm. but i don't think that the vpmc system should be neglected or uh, weakened if a company or a trader or a or a, or a company hmm. you know a food processing company like say like itc yeah. might just procure what it wants and at a at and for a fixed period of time whereas mandis are open throughout the year hmm. anyone can go over there and sell it hmm. so in that sense they are very inclusive spaces they also have a proper dispute settlement mechanism and mr devinder sharma is of the opinion that with these reforms there'll be two simultaneous markets in place one inside the mandi that is taxed and one outside the mandi without tax and that he says will lead to the collapse of the apmc system aap agar keh rahe hain ki apmc mein alag market hogi aur bahar alag market hogi to actually hamare desh mein one country two market program leke aaye एपीएमसी के अंदर जो खरीद होगी वो उसमें जो टैक्स लगता है वो टैक्स देना पड़ेगा ट्रेड को एपीएमसी जो बाहर खरीद होगी उसमें टैक्स देना पड़ेगा दो सिस्टम हो गए ना ये कहना वन कंट्री वन मार्केट तो ये तो आप गलत कर रहे हैं इफ यू आर सेइंग देयर इज अ मार्केटिंग सिस्टम अंदर एपीएमसी एंड आउटसाइड ऑफ एपीएमसी देन इट्स वन कंट्री टू मार्केट्स इफ यू आर सेलिंग अंदर एपीएमसी देन यू विल हैव टू पे टैक्स outside of it there is no tax so is this two different systems it's not just one market then is it secondly india has 7000 apmc mandis where in fact we need 42000 mandis only 6% of farmers are selling inside mandis 94% already selling outside mandis so what is new here The only new thing that is new now is the agri companies can buy and sell anywhere. Please understand the tax collected through mandis are used for rural development. Now the basmati exporters who would have to pay a 6% tax in Punjab's mandis are already asking the government that either you lower the tax or we'll trade outside the mandi or trade in Haryana. Even cotton traders don't want to pay the mandi taxes. Now if traders start trading outside mandis then the system will collapse. Ki aap 
साढ़े चार परसेंट टैक्स खत्म करिए वरना हम मंडी के बाहर खरीदेंगे या हम हरियाणा में जाकर खरीदेंगे जो कॉटन के जो जिनिंग एंड स्पिनिंग मिल्स हैं जो खरीदती हैं कॉटन वो भी कह रही है कि साढ़े चार परसेंट का टैक्स जो है मंडी में पंजाब में वो हम नहीं देंगे हम या तो इसको जीरो करिए और या हम बाहर खरीदेंगे तो जब इस तरीके से मंडियों से लोग बाहर निकलते जाएंगे तो मंडियों की तो बुक्त खत्म होगी तो मंडियां तो खत्म हो जाएंगी Now one thing to note is that the protests against this bill are largely happening in the states of Punjab and Haryana. While Punjab's farmers had sit-in protests, Haryana's farmers recently held a rally near Kurukshetra blocking the Delhi Chandigarh National Highway. But why are these protests largely limited to those states? Mr. Vivian Fernandez explains why Punjab and Haryana farmers are apprehensive about their wheat and rice procurement under MSP. See, the farmers in Punjab and Haryana are agitated because these states contribute the most to the central pool. Um, that is the central pool in terms of wheat and rice. Yeah. So they feel that over a period of time, the central government might procure less of these uh, two commodities from these two states, and that is because uh, the Punjab and Haryana do not produce rice. For their own consumption, they produce it mainly for distribution to PDS mm. in the other states. Mm. Of course, they produce basmati as well for export, and basmati will not be affected. Mm. But what will happen is that over a period of time, the central government might shift the procurement of rice to other states, particularly eastern India, which are suitable for rice cultivation because they are rich in water. They get good rainfall, mm. and Punjab and Haryana are not suitable for rice cultivation. So what is going to happen over a period of time is that the other states might say that please procure uh, rice and wheat, um, you know, in the same proportion as we require for distribution in our own state. Okay, mm-hmm. so the procurement might shift from Punjab and Haryana to these other states. The private trade in rice and wheat is virtually in, uh, extinct in Punjab because the private traders cannot um, pay all those high charges. And then uh, sell wheat uh, elsewhere in the country profitably. So what is happening is that the wheat and rice trade in Punjab is virtually uh, taken over by the government. But farmers are not alone in these protests, of course. There are commission agents as well who have been receiving a commission of 2.5 percent over and above the MSP, which, according to a report on the Indian Express, aggregated over rupees 2,000 crores in Punjab and Haryana last year. Moreover, Mr. Fernandez also explains that these reforms might take a lot away in terms of revenues from Punjab that's been earning in the form of market fee and rural development fund, which the same Indian Express report said had added up to an estimate of rupees three thousand five hundred to three thousand six hundred crores. Punjab and Haryana also get a lot of revenue from uh, the taxes they impose on produce sold in the mandi. For example, in Punjab. There is a three percent mandi fair, and there is a three percent market development fair. Okay. So last year, uh, Punjab collected about three thousand six hundred crore from these two taxes. Mm. Okay, and some of this money goes uh, for the development of rural roads. Mm. And this is an imposition which the rest of the country has to bear. For example, you know, you have to pay this tax over and above the procurement price. Mm. So this is a tax on the consumers in the rest of the country. The RCS in Punjab. I do not know what the commission in Haryana uh, is. They charge about 2.5 percent as commission. And last year they collected about 1,600 crore hmm. uh, in fees. And what I understand from um, Professor Sukhpal Singh, 
of uh, the Indian Institute of Management, Ahmedabad, mm. who is um, in the uh, uh, center of um, management of agriculture, mm. he says about a third of the commission agents or RFIs in Punjab are jet sick. So there is also a, a political uh, angle to it. Mm. So that is the reason why the Punjab farmers are agitated. Moving on to the third bill, which is the Amendment Essential Commodities Act, as we know, hoarding has been a big problem before. Money lenders and businessmen used to buy crops at affordable rates and then hoard them and engage in black marketing. So the government had enacted the Essential Commodities Act in 1955 to curb black marketing. But now under the new amendment, agricultural products like cereals, pulses, oil seeds, edible oils and potatoes have been removed from the list. This allows the central government to do away with the imposition of stockholding limits on certain food items, except under what they describe as quote-unquote extraordinary circumstances such as war and famine. But what is ironical is that while the government has been trying to amend the ECA, recently they also issued a notification putting a blanket ban on the export of onions. And protesting farmers too have been calling out the government on this double standard move. On this, Mr. Fernandez says that even the government has to act with some amount of care and concern. Claims to, for example, it has amended the Essential Commodities Act, which now says that uh, um, uh, the bans on uh, export or restrictions on export or movement of uh, produce will be very rare and resorted to only in extreme cases. Hmm. But it has recently uh, imposed a ban on onion exports under a different law. Hmm. So, you know, this, um, uh, you know, it doesn't work. Uh, in the, this is not in the interest of farmers. Of course, consumers will suffer um, seasonally, but farmers have also suffered. When there was a slump in the price of onions, hmm. no one compensated the farmers. Really? And now when they're getting a, pr- a higher price, you are imposing a ban on exports. Hmm. And this will also affect our, uh, you know, markets abroad. Markets are not, you cannot, do not develop them overnight. You need to have a relationship of trust. And that is why Bangladesh has protested. And Bangladesh has said that this should have been taken into confidence. And last time when a ban was imposed, Bangladesh was told that it would be informed in advance. But that has not happened this time. Hmm. So, you know, the central government also needs to act with some amount of um, care, concern and um, prudence. Hmm. So, all in all, how should we view these reforms? Mr. Sharma warns that the open market system has failed in US and India might soon be headed towards that direction. He also cautions about corporate dominance in the market. Look, my opinion is that the open market we are coming to agriculture I believe that the open market agricultural system is a cut and paste idea from Europe and America. Maybe those who introduced these reforms don't know that this system has failed in America and Europe. This open market system has been in place in US for the last six to seven decades. They have no MSPs or APMCs there and farmers are facing a dangerous agricultural crisis there. Their only saviour is the state-supported agricultural subsidies. Why are we not learning any lessons from this failed model? Why can't we accept that if it failed worldwide, then it is bound to fail in India as well? Since 1970s, 94% of the dairy farms in US have shut down. Why is that? Because milk price crashed. Why did it crash if it's an open market? Because of the entry of big corporates. And we'll see the same pattern in India.
सिर्फ बड़ी कंपनियां आ रही हैं जो 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 उस पैटर्न को फॉलो करती हैं बड़ी कंपनियों के लिए है वो वो मिल्क प्रोडक्शन बढ़ रही है अमेरिका में लेकिन जो डेयरी फार्मर्स है वो आउट हो गए अब यही हाल इंडिया में होगा Mr Fernandez says that while these reforms are welcome the apprehensions of Punjab and Haryana farmers are also justified which is not a bad thing for example uh when icc buys you know you if you look at icc icc has got the latest lot of brand aata this ko sharbat aata i don't think you know people um, very many people know about uh, madhya pradesh sharbat aata but now it has popularized that aata and then it incentivizes the farmers to produce that kind of you know high quality aata okay. in a mandi what happens is everything gets mixed up it's all fair average quality but now farmers will also be encouraged when when you know companies like icc buy directly from them hmm. farmers will be encouraged to buy certain um, um, to grow according to the quality that the farm, that the consumers want hmm. so some farmers might grow sharbati sharbati wheat and get a premium for that hmm. okay so you know we will see that kind of differentiation happen so i think that these uh, legislations are welcome I also feel that uh, the apprehensions of the Punjab and Haryana farmers yeah. are um, uh, are justified but I also think that you know they need to go through some amount of pain because uh, you know they have too much focus on growing rice hmm. they must shift out of uh, rice because it's going is leading to environmental degradation hmm. in the in those two states so hmm. this might also give an incentive to the um, state government to pursue them to the state shift to maize which is a, a less water intensive crop what a high value portion that it is right if you like listening to this episode please subscribe to the big story playlist for episodic updates we'll have on apple google podcast spotify geo seven and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms for other podcasts please log on to the quinn website and check out the podcast section for any feedback shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts. 